Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ah, uh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I am your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and this is the Lax Goalie Rat Show. And we're here to talk to the elite lacrosse goalies in our sport, to understand what drills they do, what mindsets they have, how they go about their business, everything that you can learn and improve and take into your own goalie game. And this week, my guest is Nico Amato. 2018 Co-MLL Goalie of the Year, honors he shared with John Galloway. He took Maryland to the national championship game, both as a freshman and a sophomore, was an All-American by his senior year. Nico is a stud in goal, and personally, I love him because he's my height. Another feather in the cap of us short, quick lacrosse goalies. You're going to love this episode as Nico drops tons of incredibly useful and practical goalie tips. So please enjoy this conversation with Nico Amato. Before we get started with this conversation with Nico Amato, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own online Lax Goalie Rat Camp. Let me ask you guys a question. Do any of these lacrosse goalie problems sound familiar? I'm a parent of a youth, and I don't know how to properly train my lacrosse goalie. I'm a beginner with no lacrosse goalie coach, and I don't know what to do. I'm scared of the ball. I struggle with stepping to the ball. I need help being a leader of the defense. I struggle with low shots, bounce shots, off-stick hip shots, off-stick high shots. I'm an experienced goalie, but I've lost confidence. If any of those problems sound familiar to you, I've been there. I've personally overcome and have now helped tons of youth goalies parents, and coaches overcome all of those goalie problems, and I've put together an online camp to help you become a better lacrosse goalie. I don't care where you're at right now. After you go through this camp, I guarantee you will come out on the other side a better lacrosse goalie. So check it out. It's available, laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rap podcast is Nico Amato, member of the Chesapeake Bayhawks and ex-Maryland uh, alumni. Nico, welcome to the show. Thanks, Damon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to chat with you, Nico. Uh, but first, before we get all, into all the questions I have, I always like to start with uh, the story of when you first jumped into goal. Do, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, pretty vaguely. It's been a while, but... Um... <laughs> I believe I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Um, I was a part-time goalie, part-time midfielder, just relatively new to the sport. Um, I wanted to play ice hockey, but it was a little expensive and, you know, I wasn't the best skater. So, you know, I was always just fond of hockey goalies. So I figured once lacrosse came around, these guys came to my football practices and it looked pretty fun, something to do in the spring. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'll try out goalie. I'll try out midfield. And, you know, early on, I just was drawn to the goalie position because um, in my town, we were we were kind of new compared to the rest of Pennsylvania and or the Philadelphia area. And 
I, was, I knew I would get a lot of action in the goal, which is something I, I like. Yeah, that's awesome. And was it something that really came natural for you or, or, um, and, and what did you like about it? I think part of it was natural, you know, like playing football, playing basketball. I knew how to catch, you know, my hand eye coordination was decent. I like to think I was a pretty good athlete, but, um, uh, you know, just holding the stick, like learning some technique and learning like the angles was definitely new, obviously. Um, you know, being such a younger player, I think, and having some, you know, good coaching along the way definitely helped me, you know, progress my skills and, and develop. But I definitely think just, you know, having a multiple sport background definitely helped. Um, but I think naturally I was drawn to it, like I said, like watching hockey goalies and, you know, making that glove save was you know, always something I really thought was cool on TV, um, watching ice hockey growing up, but yeah, yeah. Making that clean save with the stick was something that I was always like naturally drawn to. Yeah. That's interesting. It's something, the multi-sport thing is something I've talked quite a bit about on my site. It's just, it's so important for, I guess, not only goalies, but just lacrosse players in general. Cause I think there's a lot of like movements and, and motions and, uh, just things that you learn from other sports that then carry over to lacrosse and carry over to being a goalie yeah definitely I think you know as we as lacrosse has blown up over the you know past decade or so or however long you're starting to see these kids become specialized earlier and earlier in the lacrosse world and you know I think it's kind of a disservice to some of the younger lacrosse athletes just because you know I I personally think like playing football playing basketball it it translates and you know, that footballness, that mentality, you know, carries over on, you know, maybe a loose ball around the crease, like having that aggressiveness to go out and get it or, you know, learning how to cut or learning how to play within a team system or the rotations on defense from basketball and stuff like that. So I definitely think, you know, the more sports you can play at a younger age is definitely going to be able to help any lacrosse athlete. Totally. Yeah. I played, I played basketball growing up. Like I was a huge basketball um, guy. And then like around seventh grade, everyone else grew a foot and I went nowhere um, and pretty much stayed there for the rest of my life. So I wasn't as good as basketball, but, but um, there's a a direct translation and there's like a movement that I learned in basketball. Like when you're for me and the way I coach it, when you're going pipe to pipe, like I teach like a, like you do like a drop step and kind of like a jump stop which is like very much a basketball move to get over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel your pain on the, the stop growing thing. So uh. <laughs> that's why I that's why I was so excited to talk to you. Cause you're, you're, you know, let's call it, uh, you know, a style like mine, like shorter, quicker, kind of relying on the reflexes. Is that how you would describe your style or just what, what else would you add to that? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not a big like body. I'm not, you know, whoever, I'm not Doc, I'm not, you know, whoever the big, bigger goalies are, I'm not taking up, like the net's six by six, it's six feet tall, six feet wide, I'm neither of those, so, you know, being a smaller guy, like, it's super important to practice the fundamentals, to practice drills that are going to help you with your hand speed, help you with your balance and coordination, and kind of just something we talk about around here, Philadelphia all the time, is just flowing to the ball and relying on your technique and your stick skills, and you know, all the training you have to be able to track the ball and, you know, use your stick ultimately as, you know, your, your, uh, your weapon to help you, you know, make saves really. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've interviewed Doc um, and I guess who else from that area? Is Drew Adams from? Anyway, I've interviewed a couple of those guys. We talk quite a bit about about flowing to the ball and just just like letting everything flow and, and not and not kind of you know thinking about <clears throat> the different elements of the save movement or being all in your head, but just you know having that save movement be so a part of who you are that it's just ingrained and you see that ball and you just react to it. Is that how you kind of describe the getting in that flow state or what does it mean to you? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot that goes into it, but the basics of it, the things I always try to talk to the younger guys about is the three things you're, you're going to want to, you know, practice or the three elements that you can like kind of evolve your game is your footwork, your handwork and your eyes. So, you know, step into the ball. That's all muscle memory. Like, left foot, right foot, either side, the shots come in. You got to have a great trail or lead foot step and a trail foot step. Something we always talk about. And then I always like to go and attack the ball, punch towards the ball with your top hand and follow through with your guide hand. So that to me is the second thing of hand extension or handwork. And then obviously we have some drills that we talk about watching the ball from the shooter stick into the goalie stick. So those three components, those three elements will help you flow. Um, especially when all of them are working together. You know, you want to watch and track the ball from shooter stick to goalie stick. And then really your top hand and your lead foot should be moving, you know, simultaneously, which will help you flow. And then the last two things I like to talk about, uh, more like goalie science that I incorporate that might be a little bit more added on than what Doc will teach, but um, talking about surface area and then reaction time. So those two things you know, you're, every goalie is different, shape, size, whatever. Um, but like I said, the net's six by six, and you need to maximize your surface area to cover the net and not allow the shooter to steal out of net. So that's going to start with having an efficient stance. And having an efficient stance is also going to lead you to make the most quick, efficient movements with your footwork, your handwork, and obviously your eyes tracking the ball. And then the second thing I, I mentioned, reaction time, you know, that's something, another thing you can control scientifically. There's a crease on the field. Um, players are not allowed to shoot inside of the crease. So you might not be able to control all of the shots you're getting outside of the crease, but you can control where you're standing in the crease. So if you're, you know, playing further back, you're going to maximize your reaction time versus being more aggressive out, out towards the shooter, if that makes sense. You're talking about playing like a little bit deeper in the goal, give yourself a little bit more time to see that shot and react to it yeah exactly so like you know obviously you want you can switch up your arcs throughout the game you know low arc medium arc or high arc you used to see the old school navy guys playing super far out to maybe throw off shooters but like i said my style of play being a shorter smaller guy not six foot um you know i want to stay back and give myself as much time to react to that ball as possible so i'm typically further back closer to the goal line than towards the top of the crease. Yeah. It's something there's, there's so much debate amongst goalies. Cause you've got, uh, you've got, you know, guys who exceed at that, uh, further out arc and guys who uh, exceed with the flat arc to me, when I played, I was more of a high arc guy and I've, and I've since come around to teaching like being closer to the goal because I felt like because of my small body, I needed to come out and, and like, you know, take up more of the goal from the shooter's perspective. But, you know, I think kind of now with people shooting so 
fast and the ball moving so fast. And, and you really, you know, even if you're out another foot or so towards the shooter, it's not like I'm occupying the full six by six, like we're talking about. So I don't know. There's just a lot of debate and, and it's an interesting thing to talk about with each goalie. Yeah. I think, you know, what you got to just try, try what finds best for each individual goalie. There's obviously more than one way to skin a cap, but um, you know, switching it up throughout the game and, like as much as goalies are different from case to case shooters are different too. So what might be comfortable for one shooter to see might not be comfortable for another. So, you know, some shooters like lefty goalies, some, you know, have an easier time scoring on righties. Some get freaked out and panic when you kind of step out and, you know, greet them a little bit more and others are more comfortable and can shoot around. So you really kind of just have to, you know, do, do your thing and, you know, learn by trial and error. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. A hundred percent agree with that. Cause there's so many little elements like that, like your arc play or whether you're stepping laterally to the shot or out of 45 or at a 30 or something like that, or, you know, whether you've got your hands at chin level or a little bit lower, or a little bit higher, so many just little variances that still fit within this fundamental idea of like, we need to be athletic um, and we need to flow, right? But there's just so many just little tiny variances that you got to try out and see what works for you. Yeah, for sure. And that's another interesting point. Like you brought up stepping 45 degrees versus 30 or whatever, like something I've kind of jotted down in my notes over the years, just studying the position. It's something I call it like angle X theory, mm-hmm. where X is a variable of to which degree you step at. Because, you know, um, the old school th- thought was, you know, attack the ball at a 45 degree angle. And then you guys, you have some other goalies like Trevor Tierney and stuff saying, you know, step laterally, step flat across. And I, I like I said, I didn't think either were absolute truths and I didn't think either were incorrect. So for me, depending on the shot, you know, starting point and where the shot's going, the trajectory of the shot, I'm going to step on a different angle degree every time so if it's coming right at me and it's not going to the corner it's not a very well-placed shot I can be more aggressive with my step and maybe take you know a 45 degree angle step or whatnot and you know if it's a shot that's going to the corner you know I might want to step more flat more on like a 20 degree arc or or whatever so angle x theory is something I've kind of preached to some of the younger goalies out there that I've worked with that's interesting. That's very interesting. I never thought of that. So it's like even within game, within the type of shot that you see, you know, your your step could vary. Yeah. It goes back to the fact that or the the importance of of practicing and kind of seeing what works for you. Right. Yeah. Uh you mentioned something really interesting there was kind of jotted down in my notes. Uh one of the things that I encourage youth goalies all the time is to keep what I call a lacrosse goalie notebook. Uh, what what other kind of things are you writing down in there in, in your notes? Um, those are the main things I've really written down, but, you know, I just like to kind of, I don't really write too, too much in a notebook anymore. Um, but, you know, growing up, like just watching the games, watching how the goalies, you know, beyond the physical making the saves, like things that I think are important is like, when you're not making saves, like every goal is not going to be perfect all the time. Right. So, you know, finding what works for you to help give you confidence or help make you impact the game in a positive way beyond making a save. So to me, 
the most important job of a goalie is making a save. But beyond that, if things aren't going my way, I'm trying to make sure my passing is amazing or my clearing is great. Or if I can spark one transition goal a game off of a clean save, you know, I try to study like, okay, where are my, my options after I get the ball? Because goalie really is a cool position in the fact that you're the last line of defense, but you can be the first line or the first person to start playing offense. So when I make a clean save, you know, I'm looking right where that shot came from and seeing if that defender is on his way out. Um, Beyond that, I'm looking opposite of where the shot came from. And then I'll start utilizing my low wings or my defensemen that are bananaing out. Um, So, you know, studying the clearing game, I think is, you know, very important for a goalie. And then obviously, you know, most teams, high school, varsity and beyond college, definitely you're going to have like a defensive terminology sheet or kind of a playbook or, for like your slides and recoveries and your defensive packages. So kind of mastering that, obviously goalies aren't expected to go out and play defense, but to be able to kind of be that coach on the field and be a vocal leader, goalie is a leadership position, much like a quarterback in football, point guard in basketball or a linebacker, whatever, whatever comparison you want to make, you know, you got to impact the game beyond just making saves because at each level you get to, you're going to realize, you know, everyone, like the gap between, certain guys are so small that you, you have to really find other ways to impact the game. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. A lot, a lot of great points in there. What you just said, chasing out a shot, picking up a rebound. I mean, there's, or picking up a, a loose ball in front of the crease. So many different ways you can impact the game apart of making saves. Um, you touched on the clearing game a little bit, uh, which is a question that, you know, a lot of, a lot of young kids write me, you know, I'm kind of just struggling with clearing. Uh, and you sort of outlined your theory of <clears throat> where you should be looking for the outlet passes, which I totally agree with. That's the same way I coach as well. Um, what, what, are, what are some other tips for, for clearing are you, uh, that, that you do? Are you, you know, playing wall ball, working on dodges? Are you doing that, that type of thing? Yeah, I, I think you really can't stress it enough. Like any kid that's had any type of high-level coaching, you know, they're going to be told to hit the wall and find the wall. So One thing that I've always tried to do um, is string my own sticks just because, um, you know, if you want to be a master of your, your craft or whatever, like you kind of have to, you have to be able to string and adjust your own stick. uh, In my opinion, Mm. you know, the it's a native American game and I think it's really cool. Like I like to study the history of that. My high school coach was big on just like, you know, making sure we knew the roots of the game and, you know, if those guys were stringing their own sticks for war, I think it's important that we string our own sticks for, you know, games or battle or whatever. And, you know, you're not, you're going to take more pride in your stick work if you're, you know, putting in the two, three hours, however long days it takes to master that stick. And you're going to be able to, like I said, go to the wall, make adjustments on the fly. And, you know, you're going to be able to feel your passes a lot more. And for me, I spend a ton of time on the wall, just like, hammering it at full speed and then I'll I'll get a short stick if you know my arms are tired or if I want to build up like when I was first starting to play like a lot of my wall ball was done with a shorty and an attack head so I could like kind of more just master the wrist movements and you know the cradling and stuff and then when you get advanced or comfortable then you can like start using your goalie stick and stuff like that just because it's it's the same type of movements it's just bigger so sometimes for younger guys it's easier to start smaller as they're growing and then you kind of touched on it like nowadays, like I'll be on the, on the turf as well, just going through some 
open field dodges that I might find myself doing in a game or whatnot. So if there's a loose ball, you know, right around the crease and it's a 50-50 between me staying in the crease and getting a rebound, you know, shot right on top of me or me going out and getting it and making it a play, you know, I'll practice like sprinting out of the cage after being kind of, you know, not not in my stance. And then I'll, I'll practice like getting to my right or rolling back to my left or stepping away, clearing my hands and passing on the run. All that kind of stuff is going to, you know, be instrumental in, in goalies games. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's stuff that, you know, unfortunately is not practiced all that much. I mean, you, you practice quite a bit on making saves, but, you know, ideally you're also comfortable making a dodge because that will just, you know, you can do it if if required in that situation, but it also just ups your level of confidence of like being able to leave the crease with the ball. Like I know if for some reason all my, all the defenders are covered and some riding attackments on me, I can throw like a wicked face dodge and just buy myself a good, you know, a couple of feet to make a, to make a open pass and find that open man. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, something I learned early throughout my high school career um, was not every practice is going to be catered to the goalie. You know, only one goalie plays in the game in the game for one team. And you got 10 guys on the field at once, one of which being a goalie. And overall, you know, of a 32 roster or bigger, um, you know, you're only going to have two, three, four goalies. So typically most drills are catered towards, you know, the field players. So I learned like in practice – you know, you got to be there. You got to be present. You got to do what you got to do um, to make you, yourself successful. But I learned early the goalie really needs to be spending, you know, almost double the amount of time. So he's got to go through practice and then he's got to carve out time on his own to work on the things that he needs to work on that, you know, coaches aren't going to fit into the practice schedule often. And that's going to help lead to confidence and all that other stuff. So, you know, definitely, you know, the goal, any goalie that's serious about improving his game is going to have to put in the extra work. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. What, what were some things that you would work on outside of practice? You know, just nothing crazy. Don't really try to reinvent the wheel too much, but you know, earlier in my career, high school and stuff like that, I was super big on getting shots, 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 shots all the time. Um, specific ones from certain guys that I trusted. Um, but as I got older and realized, you know, you you can't just always get shots or you might not have a friend that's willing to do it. Or as people start, you know, doing different things, like I said, staying with the wall, um, you know, as weird as it seems, like throwing a ball against the wall is going to be the most true bounce you're ever going to see. And off of the wall, you're going to be able to react to a ball in its natural, like, bounce-back way, depending on how you throw it. And there's not going to be any shooter's tendencies. So you're not going to see an elbow pull down on a high to low. or You're not going to see, you know, whatever. You're not going to see the shooter's eyes. So you're truly just watching that ball off the wall. But you can mix it up and, you know, do ball toss without a stick, toss it off the wall and just catch it with your bare hand. Or if you have a partner, you know, toss it to you and use, like, a butt-end shaft and – just work on your hand-eye coordination. You can have someone roll balls at your feet and just like kick it like soccer to work on some foot saves or foot coordination. Um, you know, juggling around the house is always big. And then just kind of like weight room stuff or just, you know, any physical development stuff where you can work on your wrist speed or wrist strength and stuff like that, I think is always big. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, I mean, that's why that dock drill. So it's just, it's like one of the most, the best drills for goalies. Cause you know, you're playing on a wall, you got the wall ball and you're just reacting and you could throw it in all different ways. And like you said, you're just, just reacting to the ball. Who are, um, who are some of your lacrosse goalie idols, uh, growing up Miko and, and what specifically did you learn from them? Um, so, I mean, the first answer I'll give is Brian Doherty, obviously, uh, being a Philly guy, I remember when I started to, you know, take the goalie position serious and the first year I became like a full time goalie was eighth grade. And I was getting ready to go to LaSalle high school, which, um, you know, is a, it's a very prestigious school around Philly for lacrosse and, they, everyone was telling me that new, I was pretty new to lacrosse, but they were like, Hey, you got to start working with someone who can teach you the finer things or the fundamentals. So doc was like that first guy. And um, he really taught me all the, the fundamentals and the basics. And, you know, right around that time he was starting to play, finish up his time with the New York lizards and then starting to come to what is now extinct, but the Philadelphia barrage. So I was able to w- watch him win three ML championships in Philly with the hometown team and be a season ticket holder there. So that was awesome. Uh, he's definitely been one of the biggest influences goalie wise. Um, but you know, we, we share a lot of common things, but he's a, you know, six, one, six, two big lefty. So some of the other guys I, I looked up to, um, as I started getting older was Trevor Tierney during his Princeton days. Um, you know, I took a lot from Brian Phipps, Adam Gittleman, when they were in college, they're, you know, two, three, four years above me, just being like some smaller guys, right-handers that were, you know, Brian was pretty steady in his stance, was a great passer off of the save. Adam was, you know, a great athlete, was able to make plays and be a good leader for his team and run around out of the net, which I really admired. Someone who fancies himself an athlete as well. Um, You know, some of the other guys I didn't get to see as much growing up, but you know, heard a lot of great things about is like guys like Sal Acasio. Um, trying to think. Uh, Brian Carcaterra from the Bayhawks, pretty, pretty good player. Um, another lefty. Tillman Johnston from Virginia was another one. Can't leave him out. He was, you know, watching him play in the Final Four and reading like articles. I remember my first year in high school, my coach gave me, you know, a Tillman Johnson article to go home, read, and study. And, you know, we always tried to take lacrosse as like our ninth period subject and, you know, really be a student of the game. And just w- watching him that final four weekend against Hopkins and bring it home was pretty cool. And then another former Bayhawks goalie that, you know, won college championships and won ML championships that kind of fits the same mold as Gittleman or Phipps and all that is uh, Kip Turner, someone, another righty that I, I took a lot from his game and just he was, you know, Mr. Clutch in the big moments, which is something I always like to think that I'm capable of is making saves in the big moments. So, you know, Kip Turner and Jesse Schwartzman, I'd definitely add to that list as well. But, you know, there's probably a few that I'm leaving out, but there's tons of great goalies out there, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty solid list right there. Um, and it just <laughs> speaks to the fact that, you know, you are a student of the game and you've spent so much time watching you know, what these other goalies, elite goalies have done and kind of, you know, picking those elements and, and bringing them into your own game. Um, you're getting ready to head to, to, to Chesapeake Bayhawk training camp. What, what is your, what is your goalie training regiment look like sort of leading up to that? 
Yeah, I've been working hard. Uh, it's probably some of the hardest I've ever worked this year, if not the hardest I've ever worked this offseason. Um, lately, you know, I, I try to run, you know, three, four times a week, um, you know, mostly intervals, but some days it'll be like an hour. Some days it'll be 30 minutes, usually always above 30 minutes. Uh, I try to lift mostly legs or explosive, you know, athletic lifts two, three times a week as well. Um, lately I've been doing uh, once a week boxing classes with, um, you know, a trainer back here in Philly who box professionally. And I just try to use that for reaction and hand speed and stuff like that. Or I'll pop on a YouTube clip of just an at-home boxing workout for the cardio. Uh, obviously I'd like to keep up with the yoga, you know, a few times a week. Um, but you know, I'm really active throughout the week, Monday through Friday, try to, especially before the games pick up, you know, try to put in as much work as I can. Um, just trying to, you know, my goals are super high to win the championship and be, you know, the best goalie in the league or the best goalie for my team. And ultimately I hope to be one of, or the best goalie of all time. So, you know, I'm not really lowering my standard and I know with those types of goals, you got to really work hard. So you know, I'm always down to do anything possible. I have my little cousin shooting on me uh, once a week now as well. Try to take shots um, from some of the, my teammates after practice or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, really anything I can think of. I do ag agilities on the turf or sprints on the turf, wall ball. You know, it, it's not uncommon for me to do like two or three workouts in a day some days to, uh, you know, try to fit it all in. So fortunately with my job and, and stuff i'm able to kind of squeeze all that in yeah but that's important to note like you know here's like one of the best goalies in the world we're talking to and this is this is what it takes to get there uh you know so for for you know kids that are listening to this to understand that uh part of being elite an elite goalie is putting in that work uh are you do you do anything like hand eye coordination type stuff yeah, I mean, I try to get that in with the uh, wall ball or like the ball toss stuff or any turf work I'll do, but or juggling around the house or whatnot. But I remember in college for a few years, we had this thing called DynaVision at the University of Maryland. It was really cool. So in the weight room, um, I would always like carve out like 10 minutes extra to, you know, step into this kind of like a booth thing where you're you're covered in like these black, uh, you know, you're in like a square, like a five by five square or whatever. And there's this uh, wall that has like light boards and, you know, you pick your program and your speed and these lights will flash up. And I would just try to use my top hand, my right hand, which I would hold my stick with up at the top and try to hit these, you know, flashing lights as quick as possible. And, you know, I felt like that helped with the reaction time and stuff like that. But unfortunately, you know, not being at Maryland at, you know, one of the premier universities anymore. We don't, I don't have access to that as much. So just doing it the old school way, I think works fine too. So, you know, just being creative with it really. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned the boxing. Is there, is there anything else that, that sort of, I guess, call it unconventional uh, things that you're doing to train yourself to, to, to be an elite goalie? Um, I guess swimming sometimes, uh, I took some things from George Whitfield, who's like the quarterback guru. He's worked with some NFL guys. And, you know, I used to see him take some quarterbacks out to 
you know, California or wherever, and they would like do their drop back steps in the, the Pacific ocean, like at waist length high. So mm. you know, I'll try to swim some laps for some cardio, like on days where I feel a little beat up or I don't want to ru- take that pounding from the running. And I'll try to get some laps in tread water for a while. And then, you know, I'll go down to the shallower end of the pool and, you know, maybe you get some steps in with, you know, water resistance, waist high. So it's just another way to, or like I'll use bands around my ankles or, you know, around my hips or something and tie it to a pole where I'll, you know, try to step out or I'll, I'll have like ankle weights or wrist weights some days. Like I think all just keeping it fresh, really. I think anytime you're playing goal, you, you want to be having fun and keeping it new and keeping it fresh and feel like it's not like really something you have to do, but more, more so something you're excited or you want to do. So trying to mix it up is, is key for me. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a huge component to it as well. I I think also the part of enjoying the process is, is putting that, uh, is giving yourself that goal. Like you've got a goal to be the best goalie in the world. And then, you know, all that work that you're putting in is a little bit more enjoyable because you know, like where this road is leading. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in high school, in college, you're, you're so young and you want all the, to achieve all these goals. And then even in the professional ranks, like, you know, sometimes it takes longer for others, but, you know, for years I was putting in work and really wasn't getting a lot of action. And then, you know, all of a sudden opportunity met, um, you know, and I was ready for it and, you know, to see it pay off and, to feel confident knowing I put in the work to be there and to, to succeed just makes it all that much more, all make, makes it much more satisfying. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know how lucky and blessed I am to be in my position. So, you know, it's something I don't take for granted. So I, I definitely, every chance I can get to work at it and improve and, you know, have the chance to be successful at something that I love is very important to me. So, you know, I definitely am not one of those guys that feels if, you know, I definitely think I have talent, but, you know, one of the biggest things for me is, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So I've always felt like if I have the talent and I work hard, you know, I, there's no one out there that can, you know, be better than me or, or whatever. So I always try to make sure I have that in the back of my mind. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you touched on, you touched on um, being a backup uh, you know, when you were a backup, like, how did you, like, how did you handle that situation, both, you know, physically in terms of what you would do, but then also like mentally, you know, not getting those, those starts or those reps with the, with the, with the starters. Um, how did you, how'd you go about handling that? Yeah, it was honestly really, really hard for me. Um, coming from high school, you know, eighth grade, I was the best in my town, quickly realized my freshman year of high school, I made varsity, but I wasn't, the starter and I had to watch for a year and I then sophomore year I came on had a great three years as a starter in high school and I was like I never want to go back to the bench and then same thing happened in college you know I get to the University of Maryland Phipps is a senior I end up redshirting for one year and it it was another hard year but I was like hey I did it in high school I'll do it again in college like I'm learning I'm at the best program I'm gonna make sure I work hard so next year like I'll never be on the bench again. And, you know, I had a great four years at Maryland as a starter. And then, you know, you go seven of your last nine years being 
you know, constantly in the limelight or constantly competing for championships and, you know, being a guy that the team relies on to win. And, you know, you've, you, you get a lot of confidence as an athlete out of that. And, you yeah. know, for three or so years, um, you know, after college, I really wasn't having that in the MLL. And, you know, especially in this day and age where everyone expects instant satisfaction or instant gratification or they move on, you know, it was really hard if it, I didn't have the, you know, my friends, family and, you know, great support system and great teammates. Like, I don't know how it would have shaped up, but I, I think deep down, I just knew if I continued to work hard and put in the work that eventually my time would come. And, you know, I, I had a lot of long, deep conversations with people about that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I said, my teammates um, were always there to support me and, you know, believe in me, even when I wasn't really getting the reps or getting in games. And, you know, I remember one summer we ended up losing to the Charlotte Hounds. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to commit for 365 days every day. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to change my diet. You know, I lost a bunch of weight. I, I continue to just try to perfect my craft. And I was like, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to bust my ass. And that following year, I ended up getting my first real chance at being a starter. And I kind of took it and ran with it. And since then, I've kind of just made that a consistent mindset and kind of made that part of my you know, lifestyle. So every day I'm trying to make sure I, you know, compete to be the best for my team, compete, compete to be the best for myself. And, you know, now that I, I know the sacrifices I've made and, and know what, understand what it took to get to this spot, you know, um, I definitely want to hold on to it and, you know, continue to work to be the best. And, you know, that's something that I take real serious and it's really important to me. So, uh, I definitely can't lie though. It, it wasn't easy. And, you know, during those times I tried not to let anyone see that even if I wasn't having the best day, I tried to make sure I held my head high and stayed confident. And I remember guys like Joe Walters or Brendan Mundor for Kyle Sweeney, you know, after practice, when everyone goes in the locker room, I'm the goalie that's staying after and being like, all right, well, if I'm not getting in the game, I need to practice twice as hard to make sure my shooters have an easier time scoring in the game against the opposing goalie. And I want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to make my teammates the best possible. And in turn, I think that helped me when it was game time to have that extra chip or advantage for myself. Wow. That was awesome. I feel I've, I've asked that question pretty much every interview uh, I've done, and that's gotta be the best answer I've ever heard right there. <laughs> so, so much good stuff in there. Uh, just, just, and, uh, I recommend people go back and, and listen to that uh, again and again. Uh, if you're the backup goalie, if you're not, because it's just, you know, it goes to show like how dedicated you got to be. It goes to show that like no matter <clears throat> where you are, who you are, you're going to have tough moments and you got to have that that support system uh, and, your bu- and your buddies, your friends, your parents, your coaches to chat with and get through it. So just awesome stuff. Um, how about a time you went through a slump? either, you know, like in game where you, you know, I don't know, you let in five, six goals in a row or, or just a stretch of games where, you know, you're just not seeing it. What, what do you do to, to get out of that? Yeah. It's uh, again, like there's no easier, short, quick fix. Cause I think if there was people would, you know, it wouldn't be a secret by now, but uh, I think something we can kind of use as an example is last year, um, you know, this, I was the starting goalie for the Bayhawks after week two and, we, we ended up going on 
like a seven or a crazy eight game winning streak. And then, you know, some things happen, you know, it takes some time away. There was the international games going on and we played a few games versus, towards the end of the year versus Charlotte and versus New York. And, you know, we didn't have the best of games, myself, the defense, whoever. And I ended up not finishing those games and, you know, I don't know if it's a slump, but like, you know, as a goalie, you never want to come out of a game unless you're winning. And even then you probably don't want to come out of the game. And to say, to say like I was confident after that would be a lie, but you know, I think anytime you're in a slump, like I always just try to go back to the fundamentals, you know, work on that footwork, slow things down and really try to get back to like, okay, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to work on? Let's watch some film, see where the shots are coming from. You know, are these shots that I should be saving? Are these shots that, you know, maybe the defense, like we need to get together from a leadership standpoint and, you know, try to try to create some different shot opportunities for the goalie. But, you know, I think, you know, the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason and they're not going to change. So anytime, you know, you're really struggling, I think falling back on your training and, and really just dialing it back and being like, okay, like let's slow things down. Let's relax. Like, you know, you're usually never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are either. So you just kind of got to go back and study, be a student of the game and continuously work hard and try to improve. So, um, you know, I can't really think of a time where I felt like I was in a, a huge slump, but you know, to, to say I feel like I'm the best every single day, I, I really don't know. But, you know, there's definitely times, even throughout the course of a game, like even this past weekend, we're having a scrimmage and, you know, we're scrimmaging this team at training camp and, you know, I give up two, three, four goals or whatever. And, you know, I'm starting to feel bad for myself and I'm just like, hey, you know what? This isn't helping anybody. I need to stop. Like some of these goals are, you know, in tight, like got to clean it up. Like, Obviously, I think I have the talent to make any and every save. So, you know, I always try to want to have that next shot, you know, thought in my head, like, hey, step out of it. The team needs you. You know, what happened in the past isn't going to change. So you got to focus on the next play and, you know, end up making a save towards the end of the quarter and, you know, kind of bouncing back. So I think, you know, that's really important for young goalies is the game of lacrosse is so fast. You know, whether you, you come out in the first quarter, I've had games, you know, in the national championship, my freshman year at Maryland, we're winning one nothing at the end of the first quarter and I have five saves and I'm on top of the world. Like, hey, I'm 45 minutes away from being a national champion. We end up losing that game, you know, and things don't go well the, the rest of the way. Or I've had games where in the first quarter I come out and I'm not playing well. I don't have any saves and I'm like, not my confidence isn't very high, but, you know, the coaches or the players keep believing in me and I keep fighting. You know, I know things can change towards the end and you know, all it really takes is one save to get into rhythm and, you know, kind of get going. So that's something I've tried to learn and keep in the back of my mind throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And as goalies, it's, it's so easy to get that, that negative self-talk going in your head. Um, and, and, you know, it might not be wrong at one point you're like, uh, I should, you might be telling yourself, damn, I should have had that one. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe you should have had that one, but you know, like repeating that negative self-talk in your head is not helping you and it's not helping your team. And even if you let in five goals, like you said, I mean, it could be that one save at the end, which allows your team to win. So. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a, you know, 
you're the you're at the end of the day you're you're alone in that crease for better or worse and <laughs> to have the whole stadium or the whole crowd watch you get scored on is you know a pretty terrifying thought so mm-hmm. you know it's it's annoying like you know you don't especially the way the rules or the way the game is to be played it's kind of an offensive game especially as we we continue to evolve in our sport you see all the rules kind of being you know favorable towards the offense but i think that's the, the the amazing challenge of playing goalie is like hey can i be that difference maker can i be that guy that you know shuts down the best player on the opposing team today or or, or is the difference so you know that's kind of the the awesome that's one of the things that really draws me to the goalie position is like you know being that guy that's going to have a say in the game it's not like you're a midfielder where you can kind of get through a game and really whether you score or don't score, you know, you got two other line mates or five other middies that are out there running with you. Like I like the, the pressure of being in the goal and, you know, you're definitely going to have action that's going to affect the outcome of a game. So, you know, whether it's win or losing, like I always want to feel like I'm involved and able to leave my mark on this game. Yeah. I love that element too. You just have so much control over the game and, and, and you've got the spotlight in many ways. So, you know, you got to own it. Um, are there any other tips or, or, or drills or, or advice that you have for remaining mentally tough? Yeah, I think just stepping outside of your comfort zone. So every goal is different. Like for me, um, you know, and it's, it's always changed. Like one of the things I always remember Doc telling me from a young age is always try to make your weakness your strength. And then when your weakness becomes your strength, you have a new weakness and then make that, you know, so you're constantly evolving. So in high school, when I was younger, you know, I was a natural runner. I was a natural stopper and probably an, an average thrower. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, try to work on my passing. By the time I got to college and got different players, you know, I was still saving the ball. I was throwing the ball better than ever, but you know, uh, like most people in college, I put on some bad weight and I wasn't very, I wasn't as athletic out of the net. So one of those things that I mentioned while I was a backup and earlier on in the MLL was I was like, all right, well, I need to lose weight and I need to get back to how I was running in high school and I need to be able to make plays with my feet. So, you know, that mental toughness is like, all right, I just busted my ass for X amount of time this week, running, lifting, whatever, um, you know, that's going to give you that confidence into the game to be like, okay, like I can do this. I can make these plays and, you know, kind of just continue to evolve as a goalie. Another thing, not so much a drill, but I would just honestly watch goalies and it doesn't even have to be lacrosse, but it can be hockey. It can be soccer. It can be whatever, or however you can translate the game. Maybe it's being a center like Joel Embiid for the Sixers or, or whatever, a defensive mind that protects the rim, you know, learn about their mindset. I try to read some self uh, improvement books here and there. I'll try to, you know, look up some inspirational quotes from some of the best athletes or just try to develop that championship mindset where, you know, it's kind of all mental. So a lot of sports is mental. So, um, you know, other things outside of like the physicalness, just seeing how guys carry themselves. And I'm always a big, fan of saying like you know people aren't successful by accident and there's nothing wrong with learning from successful people you know you want to mimic success so 
Uh, I try to emulate the people that I think are at the top of their games and, you know, doing things the right way and, and being positive in, in the sport or being positive in the community or whatever. So I'm always trying to grow and evolve and learn from them. So that beyond just drills and stuff, like I think the mental side of that is, you know, big. Like last night I watched uh, this movie my high school coach recommended. It's called In Search of Greatness. And it had guys like Michael Jordan, Venus and Serena Williams, Wayne Gretzky and Jerry Rice. And it just talks about all those, you know, little things that, you know, they might not be the biggest, they might not be the fastest, but the creativity, the, the passion that they had and, you know, the willingness to learn and improve is, you know, something that anybody can really do. So, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that are, are things that I always try to carry with me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, mental toughness is not something that's unique to the goalie position. I mean, anyone who's going to reach, you know, the peak level of their sport is going to need to be mentally tough and, and yeah, learning from others uh, is the smart way to go in search of greatness. Is that, is that on, um, is that on Netflix by chance? It is not. I had to uh, buy it off of Google movie, Google movies, but I think it's like, you can rent it for like three bucks on YouTube or Amazon. Yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll fork out some money. Check that one out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there that can help you download it in a, <laughs> nah, a way that might be free, but yeah. Um, another, another, I don't know if it's a mentally tough thing or a part of your game. So, you know, one thing that doc was very, uh, I guess, well known for was, uh, you know, letting the other folks uh, know how he felt about their weak shots is one way to say it. Like, like giving them a little lip. Uh, and I think I heard from Phipps that was also sort of uh, part of your game. Just, you know, I guess call it some friendly trash talk amongst your team to kind of fire yourself up, uh, get everyone involved. Is that right? Or what's yeah, your I think, I think um, you know, I probably picked up on some of those things from Doc, but I think the main difference between our games and something I try to really focus on is like in practice, you know, I'll, I'll definitely draw with my teammates. So they're ready for anything in a game, but uh, in a game, I'm, I'm actually more like for the most part, I'm, I'm more focused on me and just mm-hmm. boosting up my teammates and letting them know what they've done well, rather than focusing on the shooter. I don't really ever want to give the shooter that much credit or like make them feel like, you know, they're special in any way because, you know, realistically, like I said, the game can ch- turn so fast. So throughout the game, I just try to stay locked in and focus on me. But like in practice or, you know, afterwards shooting around, like I'll definitely have some, you know, choice words for people if they're not bringing their A game. And, you know, I, I think for me, it's just more like holding my teammates accountable the same way they'd hold me accountable. You know, I kind of take it sometimes as a compliment if someone talks trash to me after scoring a goal it's like okay like they've really been you know frustrated with me or like you know they're you know it's an honor for them to score score on me in some regards so um not like I said I don't really get involved with the banter in the middle of the game too much because I'm more focused on on me and my team trying to win but you know if someone's gonna be constantly you know doing talking this and that and it's just it's not really going well for them. Like obviously the more successful you are in the game, like I think the more Liberty you have to make comments or talk trash. So, but I, I think in practice is probably where Brian remembers the most of me sure. 
getting after it when he coached at Maryland, you know, especially younger guys, you know, I try to get them ready for, you know, what lies ahead. And I'm always a big fan of you make practice harder than a game. The game's going to seem a little bit easier. So that's something I try to bring to the table. Awesome. Yep. Makes total sense. How do you go about at the beginning of, of our conversation here, you mentioned, you know, goalies need to be leaders of the team. How do you go about uh, being a leader? You know, when, when you first arrived at Maryland or, or, you know, first stepped onto the field with your new team, like what, what's your approach to being a leader? Um, I think, you know, you can be a leader in many different ways. You can be a vocal leader. You can be a leader by example. Um, for me personally, I try to do, you know, the right thing at all times or have the best of both. Um, and it changes day to day, week to week, year to year. Um, you know, but the things that I try to make con- consistent is I want to be, you know, not only on time, but want to be want to be the first or one of the first people at the field or one of the first people in the locker room. Want to be one of the last people to leave. Want to make sure I'm at all the team functions or events I can be at. Make sure I'm on time for meetings. Make sure you're not not only just holding myself accountable, but you know, true leadership is making sure you're bringing others along with you. So, you know, you see a guy dozing off in film or kind of on his phone and you're like, hey, let's dial it in. Let's make sure we're ready for this. This is important to us. Let's make sure we're not taking it for granted, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, I think just t- staying after, taking extra shots, doing extra drills, I think that goes a long way when your defense sees it um, or your team sees it. They're like, okay, this guy's invested and he's – you know, got success. So why don't I try to do that? And then when you have a whole team doing that, you know, it pays off. And uh, some other things I just try to do is compliment my defensemen. You know, not, not every day do defensemen get noticed for little things. And, you know, um, I think it goes a long way when you have guys that want to play for a goalie or want to play for you. So I try to make sure I'm complimentary on, you know, their good plays and make sure they know I'm in their corner. And, you know, even if, you know, like I said, I always have that mentality where I should save every shot, but just sometimes letting them know, like, hey, that one's on me. That was good defense. Like, next time I'll get that one. Like, if things didn't go well, you that I think means a lot to certain D guys where they're like, okay, like, that wasn't – especially if the coach is always down their throats. I remember at Maryland, Coach Warren was our defensive coordinator, and he was just like – he held the defenseman to such a high standard, which was awesome – but, you know, having me sometimes being like, hey, guys, like, I'll try to do better here. Like, you guys are playing well. I think that gives them a little bit of confidence that they need to go out and perform. So, yeah. you know, being a leader is, you know, many different things. But I think making sure you're on time, holding yourself accountable and, you know, putting in more work than the others and, you know, kind of demanding that excellence from everyone is going to go a long way. So. I try to stay in constant communication with my defensemen, my team, and, you know, make sure we're always in a positive uh, and, and ending on ending each day or each practice in a positive manner. So we can always build on things. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, thank you so much, Nico, for taking the time to chat. Uh, this has been, this has been awesome. Learned so much, just some, a lot of great, uh, tips, advice, mindsets that people can learn from. If you had to leave, I guess, one, uh, for the youth goalies out there, leave them with one final piece of advice, what, what would that be? I would just say, you know, love the game. And if you're not in love with it, you know, you got to 
do some self-evaluation. But for me, like find somebody, find two or three guys, three, four guys that, you know, you really feel like you can fit that mold of goalie and, you know, maybe watch one or two guys that aren't like you. And I'm always a big fan of watching lacrosse, like learning from the local high school varsity team and then seeing the difference between that and then the way you you see it on college on tv or if you have the opportunity to go to a final four event or if you have the opportunity to make it to an mll game or a professional game like go see those guys go learn from them interact with the pros like lacrosse is one of the coolest sports to me because you know not everyone is making a million dollars not everyone's making lebron james money not everyone's making tom brady money so you know, to be able to interact, for me growing up, to be able to interact with guys like Doc and feed off that confidence and learn that mindset was huge. And I think we're still in a place where our sport, you know, most of the athletes are accessible to some degree. So young goalies out there, I would say find a few guys that you like, go try to find them, go go to their camps, go to schedule private lessons with them, um, you know, go watch their games, wait for them after in the locker room, wait for them you know, whenever. And when you get a free chance, introduce yourself in a confident way and kind of just, like I said, study them a little bit and try to pick up one or two things. You don't have to, you know, Rome's not built in a day. You don't need to all of a sudden try to be the best at everything. But if you you continuously improve one or two things a week or a month, you know, you're going to end up, you know, being right on track to be, you know, wherever, whatever your goals are to be in the lacrosse world. So, that's kind of how I'd like to leave it, but I appreciate you having me. It's been probably long overdue, um, but I think it's a good, a good time for us to do it now before, um, you know, the summer season and, you know, on the weekend of the final four, which is one of the best weekends in lacrosse for the sport. So I'm, you know, grateful that you'd consider asking me to be on here and had a great time chatting. Absolutely. It was, it was my pleasure. If, uh, if people want to learn a little bit more about you, Nico, is there, is there a place they should go? Yeah, I have a Twitter, um, Amato, so just my first initial and my last name, and then the number 13. And then my Instagram is 6N1K0, so it's my, uh, my, my uh, area code built into my first name, which, you know, not many people understand, but um, <laughs> yeah, Instagram, Twitter, I mean, I'm sure if you, like, not to sound like cocky, but like, um, from my Maryland days and from high school days and probably college days or coaching days um, that are still going on. I think, you know, any if you want to look up articles or whatnot, I think just, you know, now nowadays with the internet, you know, Google is a great tool um, for anybody, any athlete really, uh, that you'll be able to find stuff out there. Cool. And I'll link up to those when, when this comes out. Um... Look forward to watching lacrosse this weekend. And, and Nico, thank you so much for coming on. This is great. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with goalie great Nico Amato. Awesome, awesome stuff in that episode. Loved his answer to uh, how he's been through a slump and, and how he dealt with that. Go back and listen to that part again. Just amazing, amazing stuff. Love his dedication. How about that goal to be the best goalie in the world? No small feat, but you can tell with his attitude and all the work that he puts in, uh, he's got a great shot to get there. So that's it for this week. 
Hope you enjoyed that episode with Nico. I know it was a blast chatting with him. Get out there. Get some work in. Summer is upon us. Time to up your game. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. Be well. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 